up everyone this is Lan here with another episode of cheese heads weekly this is episode 40 last week i said it was episode 40 as well it was actually episode 39 got a little bit ahead of myself there we have just finished up with week eight and the packers lose again this time 24 to 10 to the minnesota vikings at lambeau field uh, another uninspiring performance on offense and also on defense for the most part as well. Just a rough day all the way around for the Packers, and I will dive into that a little bit. Before I get into that, though, um, there we have the Q&A and the polls on Spotify only, and that's been a lot of fun. If you could uh, have... Um, you know, answer the questions there and vote in the polls, you know, that makes things a lot more fun, promote some discussion, which is fantastic. And uh, last week, the question was, what are the Packers doing wrong on offense, or what can they do on offense to um, fix it, um, what are we doing wrong, whatever, um, something to that extent. And we had an answer, stop throwing it. Um, along the sidelines, deep downfield along the sidelines in the double coverage, basically. And, uh, yeah, good answer. That's one of many, but yes. Um, yeah, and I think that's, that's certainly not a root thing or anything, but, uh, um, yeah, that's certainly one of the things that, um, could be an issue. Um, so, yeah. I was texting Robin and Troy after this, um, after the game, and uh, we talked a little bit. I might get into that, or just, you know, have get some information kind of from that as part of my opinions, because uh, some really good stuff as we were texting back and forth. That was a lot of fun, and uh, it's great to have friends you can do that, and so if you send in a voice message, um, participate in those things, you have those kind of discussions with other Packers fans makes it's it's a lot of fun. There is a link in the description to send in a voice message every episode on every platform. And uh next episode if possible, I'm not going to promise anything, but I'm planning on trying to get a guest on the show to do a show on Jordan Love. Uh, we'll be halfway through the season at that point, and uh, I'd like to do a little bit of a show, um, yeah, on what, kind of go back, look at the first, you know, few games of the season, first half of the year, what we think about Jordan Love um, going forward, whether he is the real deal or not. So, um, I mentioned it last week, just a reminder, send in those questions about Jordan Love, the Packers offense. Things you want us to discuss, discuss um, along that line. Um, send in a voice message on those. That would be fantastic, and we can answer your questions in that show. Uh, the show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes are out every single Tuesday. Hit the bell icon. Um, on whatever platform you're using to be notified when a new episode comes out. 
You can tell your friends about the show. That would be great. Um, rate the show on Spotify and rate and review on Apple Podcasts as well. No ratings or um, reviews on Apple Podcasts, so it would be great if we could see some of that. Um, also, you can follow the show on Instagram at cheeseheads underscore weekly. You can check out our website at greatcove.net slash cheeseheads. And um, that is about it. Um, have not been posting much on Instagram. In fact, I haven't posted anything after that game. Um, yeah, I've been trying to not use Instagram too much. It does waste some time, but, uh, yeah, and I have not put bold predictions out for two straight weeks. I mean, at this point, it's a bold prediction to say Packers win. Um, in fact, it's so bold that I don't even think I would predict that. And, uh, then another bold prediction would be, you know, score a touchdown in the first half. It's been 25 straight drives, uh, four games now, I believe, without a touchdown in the first half. Last time was week two against the Atlanta Falcons. So actually, I guess that would be, um, yeah, four games. I think it's four games since since that point because they had their bye week in there as well. So pretty much nothing's working at this point. There's not much um, to say. Other than that, um... Before I do get into the Packers game too much, I mentioned last week that I want to talk about, uh, or maybe I didn't mention last week, I'm not really sure. Uh, we have a lot of, um, a lot of fines going around for different penalties, some that aren't even flagged. Um, in game, and then after the game, a person gets hit with the fine, they're like, what? just happened I do not remember that play because it was not even flagged they weren't even penalized for it um, so if we it's actually quite interesting here um, some of the numbers the most um, what we've seen the most of is like taunting pretty much any unsportsmanlike conduct of some kind Impermissible use of the helmet, we've seen that before. Hit on a defenseless player, uh, roughing the passer, um, face mask, lots of different stuff like that. And uh, fighting, um, fights have definitely um, made for some, drew some fines I guess you could say. Blindside block, low block. Um, yeah, there's a PED one, performance enhancing drugs, one from, happened to a Colts, a defensive tackle, and, yeah, I'm actually trying to find your Jacksonville and Indianapolis are by far the highest have been hit with the most amount um, as far as fines go. Um, the PED one was the big one there for the Colts. 
Um, but I'm not seeing one here for, for the Jags. Um, there's a 50,000 one. Uh, that was undisclosed. That's interesting. Um, so yeah. There's a tripping late hit. All kinds of random ones. Um, and actually a Saints quarterback. Jake Hayner got hit with a PED one as well. Um, so wow. There's all kinds of stuff here. Oh, Cam Robinson. Uh, left tackle for the Jaguars. Got hit with a PED one. A pretty substantial one. Those two, the Colts and Jaguars, are by far the highest. Um, and that kind of ruins the, the graph then. The lowest, as far as I can tell, is Carolina. The Carolina Panthers have had the least amount of fines, so kudos to them. Packers have had 40-odd thousand 40 plus thousand uh, dollars worth of fines um, for players and just to to highlight if we look at the Packers they have received four infractions one was Russell Douglas unsportsmanlike conduct that was against the Saints and unnecessary roughness um, an unnecessary roughness from Ben Sims, a tight end, also against the Saints. And Avondra Campbell had an unnecessary roughness in week one. And same with Russell Douglas, another unnecessary roughness in week one. So nothing too substantial there for the Packers. All of them came in week one and week three. Um... Which is actually, the Packers have got to be the most penalized teams. I'm actually going to look that up. Most penalized um, teams in the NFL. And let's see what we have here for those rankings. The Packers. Um, kind of confused here. Okay, yeah, yeah. Packers have been penalized the most in the NFL. The absolute most. And that is absolutely crazy. In their last game, they had a total of 11 penalties. Uh, I'm not even sure that was the first game that's happened to. The last three, they have an average of 7 penalties. A game that's actually better than what they were before. Um, their average, or their, that's better than what their overall average is, because their overall average is 7.4. It's worth noting, they have these different stats here. Um, at home, they, and this is really interesting, actually. Um, at home, they have been penalized a lot more at an average of 8.7 penalties a game their average away on the road 6.5 penalties a game um, now in 2022 I want to look at those rankings here uh, but Green Bay looks like they were middle of the pack 
5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. They were 12th um, least. The 12th, um, you could say um, 12th as in um, fewest, 12th fewest amount of penalties. So pretty much middle of the pack. Um, top half as far as penalties, you know, like... Um, in the good way, There's fewer penalties at an average of 5.2 penalties a game. So they weren't great last year. They certainly are not good at all this year. And it is not good. Um, yeah, they are. Uh, the Bengals are the least penalized team. And Green Bay has been penalized a lot. And looking at some of these games, I'm thinking, well, the refs are really strict and just penalizing them a lot. But the Bengals, at number one, are penalized 4.4 times a game, which is not bad. So, that's really rough. That's hurting the Packers. That's definitely one of the things that are hurting the Packers. What I wanted to talk about here was just the... NFL cracking down on some of these uh, fines. They've been handing out suspensions a lot easier. Um, some people, especially players themselves, may be thinking that the NFL is being way too strict. If I had to give my take on it, I'd say that no. I don't think it's a bad thing that they're being too strict. Some of these things... Um, it depends. I kind of—I actually forget. It's too bad. I should have looked this up beforehand. There was someone who was suspended uh, four games. A player. I do not remember who the player was. So they were originally suspended four games for something that was not, to be honest, maybe something that you would even be suspended for last year. I'm not sure. I forget what the offense was as well. Um, they appealed that suspension. And uh, they got... Um, um, let me see. Uh, Kareem Jackson. And if I can just look that up here real quick. That was the Broncos. That's when they played against the Packers, I believe. Um... So Kareem Jackson, he's a cornerback for the Broncos, and he had an illegal tackle. That's what they're really cracking down on. Um, illegal tackle, it injured uh, Luke Musgrave. I'm not sure if this is, I don't remember what the, ta what the tackle is. They are trying to ban certain types of tackles. Like what they call the hip drop tackle, maybe, where you just kind of drop your hips and just drag the player down. You know, things can fold under, like ankles and stuff. Um, actually, that's not how it happened to Luke Musgrave. I remember he just got hit really hard, and I guess um, the hit was too high. I don't remember. He got suspended four games for that. He appealed it. It was cut down to two games, which I think was probably good. I think two games is good. Four is almost a little bit too many. Um, because, you know, some players can hit just as hard as long as you're hitting at the right spot. Which, I realize, it's a big difference hitting someone really hard in the head and hitting someone really hard in the shoulder pads, you know. But, still, 
Um, I like that that was downgraded a little bit, and I'm sure that that was because of the NFLPA, uh, NFL Players Association. Um, so yeah, I think it's good that the NFL is cracking down on it. If you remember, Deshaun Watson's suspension was. I don't even remember how long it was originally supposed to be. Um, I feel kind of unprepared now. I keep thinking of things and then of examples, and then I don't remember the details. But it got downgraded to only 11 games. Um, and after after he appealed it or whatever, and I was a little bit unhappy. It, Deshaun Watson situation. He should have been suspended for two years. Just to be honest, he should have been out of the NFL. If we're taking Colin Kaepernick out of the NFL for protesting the national anthem, which to be honest, I'm not a fan of Colin Kaepernick at all. Okay, the that national anthem stuff and all the different things. Um, I think maybe he's just washed as a player at this point because no team seems to want to have him, or maybe they don't want to deal with that that um the fact that he would be on their team, you know, maybe distracting players. Um but um yeah. I'm not I think the NFL is doing well. I think the to increase strictness at, to some extent, but I think maybe they're um I think the main reason they're doing it is for player safety, at least some of this stuff. Not as much behavior, and to be honest, um, it's not really going to change anything um, anyway. With them increasing the strictness, players are still probably not going to care. It, the fines are very small compared to what they're making. Um, you know, it might make them unhappy with the NFL, but then they're like, whatever, we'll just pay the fine and get on with life. So. I don't have a problem with that, like some people may be. I don't really have a huge take on it either way. Um, but I think it's okay. I will say this. When you're talking about penalties in games, um, penalties, you know, can change the outcome of the game considerably sometimes. And um, I know the Packers have, you know, it's like, oh, the Packers could have won. Um a few of their games, you know, if they didn't have these killer penalties at the end of the game that some of them were questionable and all this stuff. You know what? The Packers have not deserved to win any of their last four games that they have lost straight. And, um, sorry, they haven't lost four straight, but of any of their four games that they lost, um, they may have lost four straight. Um, they lost three straight. No, they did lose four straight because they lost to the Lions, the Raiders, the Broncos, now the Vikings. So I'm thinking they're two and four. They're actually two and five. Um, at any rate, yeah, it's just, um... Um, yeah, the Packers have not deserved to win any of these last few games, so I don't think the penalties really matter. Obviously, in the big game, you know, like the Super Bowl, um, 
last year, that big controversial penalty. Uh, I don't don't have a problem with that, really. Um, it's just the way it's going to be. And the thing is, if when refs are calling lots of penalties, then it feels like, well, maybe they're biased one way or the other. You know what? They're call If the penalties... If you can look at the replay, the penalties are legit. It doesn't matter if one team has more penalties than the other. That just means they're being penalized more. And the Packers are just making more mistakes. They're just being penalized more. It's not the refs' fault. It's the Packers' fault. they got to be better. And um, at least in that context, um, yeah, it's just not been good for the Packers. And I'm not a, and I don't mind the NFL cracking down with adding a bunch of these fines. The fines on plays that are not flagged are a little bit suspect because it's like if you're not going to flag it in game, it probably really shouldn't be fined. Um, you got to see it in game, I'd say. Probably. Um, maybe that's going a little too far. But that's kind of besides the point as far as the Packers. The penalties is a major issue, and they got to clean it up. And that's one of many mistakes here. Um, they've been starting really slow. Um, they've had penalties all three phases. They've had penalties. They committed a season-high 11 penalties. So I guess they haven't had that many before. I feel like they have had 10 before, though. Um, they've been. They've had lots of drops. The defense can't get off the field in, in major situations. Um, the red zone, at least in this game, the red zone offense has actually been good in, in other games. It's just that they never get to the red zone the first half, and then the second half they get into the red zone, and they would actually be okay in the red zone. Not in this game. They were 1-4 for four in the red zone um, against the Vikings, and they could not stop the Vikings' big three, if you can call it that, without Justin Jefferson. K.J. Osborne, Jordan Addison, and T.J. Hawkinson. They got absolutely torched by those guys. They combined to catch 21 passes for 269 yards and a touchdown. And were targeted 27 times. So, that's pretty crazy if you just have a quarterback pass for that many yards um, in one game. And also, they haven't had a run game. Their top two receivers, Watson and Dobbs, you know, along with all the other receivers, have really struggled, um, especially in this game. And the run game has never worked. Aaron Jones, you'd think, would be pretty healthy. He's still been non-existent. He's been pretty good when he's on the field, but uh, they have not been using him very much. Um, on third and fourth down, they were not good on offense, which is really a product of just facing a lot of third and longs and it's obvious passing situations and they've really struggled in that area and running the ball too I guess and uh, they also really struggled to stop the Vikings on third downs especially on defense um, just going along with the fact that the defense wasn't getting off the field I believe the uh, Vikings were 10 for 18 on third downs and some of those were at the end of the game when Kirk Cousins uh, tore his Achilles in that game and was ruled out. Um, Jaron Hall was stopped quite a few times then towards the end of the game, you know, after he came in. Uh, before that, the Vikings were converting almost every third down. It certainly seemed like it. And, uh, yeah, it was rough. So, 
Um, let me see here. That went a little bit long talking about the penalties and fines for sure. Didn't prepare the, the best for that probably. Um, Packers did... Um, they they blocked a field goal on special teams. They did recover a fumble on defense. Um, I for some reason cannot remember the play um, that that was that uh, the fumble was on. But um, they did recover a fumble. I can't remember if there were any t other turnovers or not. The defense made a little bit more of an impact but still we're not um, enough, and it's it falls a lot on the offense too. The run defense was really good for once. That was fantastic, um, but it just was not good situationally on defense, and um, yeah, it kind of just, that's a big part of the game. They got to be good uh, situationally. That's always been a problem uh, for the defense, and it's definitely a problem when you don't have an offense. So we'll talk about Jordan Love and where to place blame and that sort of thing next time. I can talk. I could talk about that this time as well for sure, but I think we'll wait until we get the guest on the show, hopefully, and uh, I can talk Jordan Love and talk kind of in detail about that. It's possible that will be a bonus episode. I don't know. It'll get pretty long if I'm giving my reactions for their next game. As well as um, talking about Jordan Love and just giving kind of a progress report on the season. So we'll see where we go with that. Their next game is against the Rams at, uh, at Lambeau Field. At 1 o'clock Eastern, 12 Central, next Sunday, November 5th. And uh, I, if Packers play like they have been, I expect a loss for sure. Um, Rams' defense is not great, but they will be good enough to stop the Packers' offense unless they figure something out drastically by next game. Um... One big piece of news, Rashawn Gary signed a four-year, $107 million extension with the Packers. He was very, um, very grateful um, for that, I think. And uh, he seems like the great, a great kind of guy to have around Green Bay for the next four years. Very excited, happy for him, and happy for the Packers that they secured um, this amazing player. Um, yeah, so I guess we will go into my players of the game to close out everything here. Pretty much it was more of the same overall. Um, I will say this. I do not think it is all Jordan Love's fault. I don't think it's all Matt LaFleur's fault, although I think more of the blame maybe falls on him. Um, the receivers have been dropping passes. It's definitely not all Love's fault, and uh, to be honest, he is one of my players of the game here on offense. Here is why. If you look at his um, PFF grades, 
or grade for this game. He, um, let me see here. He had an adjusted completion percentage of 70%, which is pretty good. Uh, that's adjusting for drops. If the receivers would have caught every pass, he would have been completing 70% of his passes, which is a really good completion percentage. He was under pressure, 13 of 49 dropbacks. He was effective when blitzed. Um, and I like that. I like that because he's going to be under pressure a lot uh, this year, whether he's blitzed or not, because the offensive line has struggled at some point. It might. I think it was a little bit better this game. But he was still being pressured a lot, was sacked a few times, forced to hold the ball too long. A little, Some of it was on him, some of it on the receivers not separating, some of it on the offensive line not blocking. So many different things going wrong, and it is a lot of problems that need to be fixed. And that's probably why we're not seeing a ton of progress right now. I do expect it to get better. It's just a matter of when it will get better, but there is no way. I don't think Matt LaFleur is that bad of a coach that he's going to continue to bring this team out like this every single game of the year, and they're not going to be any better than this. I really don't think they're going to be. I think the players are going to want to play. They just embarrassed themselves um, against the Vikings, division matchup, and the Vikings... Lost Kirk Cousins at the end of the game. They already don't have Justin Jefferson. They weren't that great even when they had Justin Jefferson. And, uh, yeah, kind of an embarrassing loss against a division opponent like that. And so they're going to come back um, ready to play. Um, it might not be next game. might not be the game after that. I think there will be some improvement, especially on um, the front of the quarterback here. We'll say this, I've been listening to Colin Cowherd. He's been just ripping Jordan Love. Um, and here's the deal. Not that I uh, have the platform to call Colin Cowherd out, but that's all right. He won't be listening to this podcast anyway. Uh, you're obviously not even watching all the film from Jordan Love. Every time he has a guest on the show... Um, that actually looks at the film. They're like, you know what, Jordan Love, he's not getting much help, you know. And uh, his wide receivers are dropping passes. Um, you might say as a better supporting cast than some of these younger rookies that are just coming in here and doing pretty good, like C.J. Stroud. But you know what, um, I don't think C.J. Stroud's supporting cast is dropping as many passes or making quite as many mistakes as these Packers receivers are. And it's just not good. Even Aaron Jones had a drop pass in this game. Um, I think he's just nitpicking the bad place. He's been off on Jordan Love this whole time. Didn't think he was ever the real deal. And he said that himself on the show. He's like, yeah, I don't, I didn't think Jordan Love was ever going to be the real deal. Um, just as soon as he came in, they're talking about being patient with him. Yeah, this is his first year. It takes time. We got to relax, as Roger said at one point in his career. And it's very true, especially right now. I think he kind of reiterated that um, on the Pat McAfee show. He's been telling Packers fans, just calm down and trust Jordan Love. You know what? 
Um, I agree with that take right there. I'm not saying Jordan Love's going to be Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre. I realize Cowherd's trying to call out those type of fans the most. I get that, but uh, I also don't think he's going to be trash in this league like Cowherd seems to think he will be. So, um, yeah, it's just um, I think Cowherd's nitpicking the bad plays, and uh, yeah, there are some bad plays. There's always room for improvement. I about guarantee you C.J. Stroud has been making a good many bad plays. It's just the good has been overruling the bad. And I think that would be the same case here if the receivers would actually catch the passes. Um, so, Jordan Love is one of my players of the game. For that reason, um, I think he would have been pretty good without all the drop passes. Certainly he missed some passes. It was not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But I think um, that he was he was pretty good. He did enough to help them win this game if if his supporting cast does what they need to do. And that's really what it's been. It's been one player messes up on this play and the next player messes up on the next play. It's just a vicious cycle. It's not been good. Um I will put Elton Jenkins, the left guard, in here. He was great pass blocking, his best pass pass blocking great grade of the season it's fantastic we need more Elton Jenkins he needs to anchor that left guard spot and help whoever's out at left tackle because Sheed Walker's been struggling um, it's not all been his fault either but he has been struggling as have some of the other offensive linemen as well and uh, so yeah it's it's been rough, but Elton Jenkins was a bright spot in this game, and Zach Tom is another lineman there at right tackle who has been pretty good all season. He's probably been their best overall offensive lineman throughout the season, um, so far this season. So, um, yeah, Elton Jenkins, number two. Number three, I'm going to have to go with... Dontavian Wicks. Um, I haven't talked about him a lot on this show, but I've been, you know, watching him. He gives great effort, um, run blocking, and he's been gaining consistent separation. He's been separating better than any other receiver. Yes, even better than Watson and Dobbs. It's, it's a, especially Watson. I don't understand how he's not making an impact right now. It's somewhat concerning um, that we have not seen anything. The only big play so far this year was on a blown coverage. We've not seen any flashes of the speed that we've seen before from Watson. He's been dropping passes. He's been not been getting up and mossing people like he was before. Um, the only person who's really come down with any contested catches to speak of um, is Romeo Dobbs and maybe one or two to Jaden Reed, although Jaden Reed in this game had um, yeah, just another good thing to say about Love. Love's interception was not on him. That was Jaden Reed's fault. He, Love, threw it perfectly. Granted, it was a contested situation, but Jaden Reed hit him right in the hands. He had it in his hands. It was right there. Should have been able to catch it, and then he just, like, the defender was 
was right there, and he's like, oh, here, you can have the ball, and just hands it to the defender, pretty much. And uh, ended up being a big return on that play, too. Just killer mistakes like that. Wicks did have a drop in this game, like every other receiver, so it's he's still... It, that pretty much cancels out if we're not that you can drop the ball, but um, if everyone else is dropping it, it doesn't. It's not quite as big of a deal whenever you're making more plays. Otherwise, caught two passes and was great as a run blocker. They need to give him more opportunity because he's looked good this year. He did have one. One of his catches was a diving catch that Love made an amazing throw. As he was going down, he just sidearm slinged it to Dontavian Wicks who made a dive and grab. It was pretty impressive. That was probably the play of the game, at least on offense. On defense, number one is by far Preston Smith. He produced five pressures, two sacks, two quarterback hits. The two sacks might have been the only sacks they had in the game. Actually, no, Kenny Clark had one, I believe, too. And, uh, yeah, we we had a really nice game from Preston Smith. He broke up a pass and forced the fumble, too, um, that uh, Wyatt picked up. Devontae Wyatt, who's my number two player, or number three player of the game, if I'm putting them in order. Um, yeah. Um, really great games from some guys up there in the defensive front. Um, Preston Smith looked like the veteran, the steady presence out there. He was fantastic, had an elite PFF grade. Devontae Wyatt, three pressures, a run stop, fumble recovery. Uh, man, TJ Slayton is the next guy up here. He looked dominant against the run. Seven stops against the run, career high. He was great. He was always in the back, in the backfield. It seems like he's been not always really consistent, not consistently dominant, but whenever he's on, he is on, and he is unstoppable. Um, I was listening to the radio broadcast. Wayne Larravee, Larry McCarron, they do a great job. Um, great, great radio commentators for sure, and uh, I believe um, Larry McCarron said. Uh, he can pretty much, he can be, um, he plays, you know, he's an all-pro whenever he's on. Whenever he is at his best, whenever he wants to, he can just do whatever he wants. And he's, he played like an all, uh, like, um, at an all-pro level in this game. Um, yeah, heard a lot of TJ Slayton and listening to that game as I was not able to watch it, but, uh, Consistently in the backfield, stopping the run especially. Uh, so that is it for our players of the game. That's it for this episode. Got a little long for what it was. Next week will be another long episode, but hopefully a little more interesting than this one. And uh, I'm excited for that. Hopefully we can make it happen. And uh, yeah. So that is it for today's episode I guess check out the Q&A's in the polls be sure to remember to send in your voice messages questions and topics you want us to discuss next week on the Jordan Love show and uh, I guess that will be all for today I will talk to you next week